Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi everyone, this is Natalina, your host for the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, this guest expert today is incredible. I cannot tell you. When I was talking with her, I was getting goosebumps. You are absolutely going to love this episode. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Daphne McWhorter. She is doing some incredible, inspiring, empowering work, not only nationally, but internationally. And some of the things that she has put her mind to, she has done, and it is just incredible. And um, you know what? I just want to jump straight into this episode. She's going to talk with us about how she had a dream, she had a vision, she went for us, and she's going to share with us some amazing work that she's doing. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Daphne, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's an honor to have you on the show. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and what you're currently doing? Of course. Um, And thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. Um, So my name is Dr. Daphne McCorder, and I am the founder of I Am Her Voice and Freedom Chicks. I am an advocate everything for women by women. Um, I advocate for girls that have been sexually trafficked in the United States and abroad. We are going into our 22nd year um, of doing what we do. Um, In addition to that, I am an advocate for women's rights, girls that have been assaulted on college campuses, and for gender equality. I'm the founder of McCorder & Associates, which is a gender equality firm for women and the U.S. Center for Gender Equality. Um, So that's just a little bit about me and what I do. Um, Our trafficking organization is one of very few organizations in the United States that offers full services for minor girls under the age of 17, and we operate in every state in the United States. Um, And we also operate in Amman, Jordan. We have a refugee school in Jordan and Syria on the Syrian-Jordanian border. Oh, my gosh. Um, we operate in. Wow. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, we run a campaign called Girls Not Brides, which is an international campaign. Um, so we're pretty much everywhere. We operate in the Netherlands, um, in the U.K., and we also operate in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, I just got chills. <laughs> you know, but with you saying that, that's why I was like talking out loud. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. We got a lot to talk about. So how, um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. How did you first off get into this field? Let's start there. What was the, what inspired, you know, specifically, you know, obviously advocating for women, you know, um, trafficking and United States. And then, um, obviously you're more in the middle Eastern region. So how did that all transpire? Um, so as far as the United States, um, remember it like it was yesterday, I was sitting in a class, a, at Cal State University, Los Angeles, 
And this lady came in. It was either sociology or psychology. I don't remember which one. But this lady came in and she started talking about human trafficking. And I'm like sitting there listening to her. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's what happened to me. And 22 years ago, no one talked about trafficking. I mean, you've barely heard of it. So as I heard her talking, it was at that moment I knew what my life's purpose was. And when she started talking about what was going on, I was like, that's what happened to me. And it happened to me when I was in high school periodically. And at that moment, I may have been two and a half weeks later, I wanted to get involved. I wanted to do something. I wanted to just do something, um, which kind of what makes us a little different because we're not some organization that sits behind a desk. We're mobile. We're hands-on. I touch the girls. I reach the girls. Um, I'm not just behind a desk. I go on rescues. I go at two o'clock in the morning, hop on a plane and go rescue a girl. Um, but it was at that moment, two and a half weeks later, I started a mentoring program for girls and it grew from this mentoring outreach campaign, educational campaign to 22 years later, we're in every state in the U S and abroad. And it was really because I was listening to this woman talk about trafficking and it happened to me and I wanted to keep it from happening to other girls. So we grew from just this to now advocating for Catholic sexual assault, advocating for girls that are sold off into marriages. Um, because just what my title of my organization is, I am her voice. I have an obligation to be her voice when she can't speak. Wow. And how did you specifically get into, um, like the Middle East, for example? I know you said you're in the Netherlands too. How did the how did the international kind of um, advocation begin for you? I sounds crazy, but I woke up one morning and I just felt like, although we had accomplished so much, um, you know, I'm I'm blessed. I'm grateful. We run the only. Super Bowl campaign. We were in the only campaign for the Olympics. I'm, I'm blessed to do what I do. But I woke up one morning and I just felt like I wasn't fulfilled. And I was just like, I laid in my bed like, there's got to be something else to this. There's got to be something more. I want to do something. And I've always had a passion for Amman Jordan. I've always had a passion for Syrian refugees. And I was just laying in my bed and I was just like, I just felt unfulfilled and like I had to do something more. So laying in my bed, I said, I'm out of here and I'm packing my things and I'm gone. I went online, bought a ticket to Amman, Jordan, and I was literally out of here. I sold my house, got rid of everything that I had. I was living in um, Keller, Texas at the time, got rid of everything I had down to the cars. And I bought tickets for my eight year old daughter and I to leave. And I, during the transitional period before I left, I sketched out a plan to open a refugee school. Um, and then at that point I bought my first, um, refugee safe house for refugee women that are here in the United States and their children. Um, and that's where I house Syrian refugees that were here in the States that needed a place to go or needed the safe haven. Then I bought my second refugee house. In addition, we have 21 safe houses for girls that have been trafficked. So during that transitional period, I just sketched out a plan. And then I, when I got to Jordan recently, I opened up 
a school for Syrian refugee children on the Syrian-Jordanian border. Um, everything in our school was built by us with our own hands, us and our kids that are in the school, down to the desk, down to the cupboards, down to everything, down to the playground. And it's not a big school, um, as you can only imagine, because we're right outside of the Zatari refugee camp. And I found after doing research that it wasn't the kids in the refugee camp that needed that most help, but it was the kids that were living right outside of the camp because those are the ones living in the slums with nowhere to go. Um, went to Amman, Jordan, went to the colleges there, got volunteers. We went from having 22 kids when I first opened to 320 kid, refugee kids. Yeah. Um, and everything is, we're not a large organization. So everything is privately don't private donors, sponsors, you know, that, that we're blessed to have. And so now my kids are there and these are my babies and my next. And that's when I started my campaign, the girls, not brides where I advocate for girls that are sold off into marriages. So our next project that we're going to be working on there is opening up um, homes for the refugee kids and their families. And so that's really how I got started overseas. It's always, I've always had a love for refugee children, but I didn't want to sit back and send donations into some big organization every month. And I really didn't know where my money was going, nothing against them. But for me, I wanted to be there to touch these kids. I wanted to be hands-on. I wanted to hug them. I wanted to comb their hair. I wanted to give them clothes. You know, I wanted to cook for them. And so that's what I did. Wow. I'm listening to you talk and it sounds to me like you're the type of woman where if a thought comes into your head, you implement it and it happens, right? Like you're telling me about all these incredible things that are happening. I'm like, wow, she had a thought and she did it. (laughs) Wow. Okay. She had a thought and she did it. And so I guess my question to you is because you are doing incredible work. Um, it's, amazing. And, um, we're going to talk more off air cause I want to be a part of everything that you're doing, <laughs> but how, you know, how did you, I guess, really get yourself to do it? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening that are like, Oh yeah, I have these dreams. I have these visions. I want to do this and I want to do that. But then they actually don't go anywhere. And then listening to you speak, it sounds like you are really, you are really moving and grooving. So, I mean, what do you think it is inside of you? That's just like getting it done. I am the number one advocate for saying use what's in your hands. I am not a millionaire. Um, I don't have a lot of money, but I am really big on building relationships and networking. And it's kind of like my dad used to say, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And I have been blessed to, over time, meet some of the most amazing women, meet some of the most amazing people that, I may have something that I can offer them or they may have something they can offer me. And we partner, we network. We're not catty women. You know, we, we believe in, let me lift you up. One day I might need you to lift me up. And so I took what was in my hands. I took my dream and I found a way to build it. If that meant me going to get a part-time job so I can make sure that these refugee kids or my girls in the safe houses eat, that's what I did. And so we're at the point where we're at now, it was a lot of hustling. You know, there were days where I spent 
hours, maybe six or seven hours, just on the phone, calling companies, businesses, organizations, asking for donors and sponsors and money. And that's what we do. I don't, I've never had a government grant by choice. Um, everything has always been private sponsors and donors. So if you want something really bad, you go after it. You don't sit and say, well, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars or I don't have $20,000. Okay. You have a mouth, you have feet. Mm. You're blessed with your limbs. Get out there and get off your butt and go do something. You know, we're, we're in the midst of right now in California purchasing over 20 acres of land. It's costing us $80,000. Do I have $80,000? I don't, but I bet you I'll get it because <laughs> I have my eyes focused on building this community of women in Riverside County that will house one of the first in the U.S., a community of women and a subdivision for women um, where the homes are specifically owned by women. And I actually found somebody crazy enough to believe in what I wanted to do. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go find $80,000. I had an amazing meeting. I can't say who, but if you follow me on Facebook, you'll know. (laughs) I had an amazing meeting, and I have another meeting this week with a huge grocery chain that said, you know what? You might be on to something that's almost crazy enough to believe in what I'm doing to say, we can, we may be able to put our store in your community, which is huge. And so, yeah, people look at me, laugh and think I'm crazy, but at the end of the day, I'm laughing. Yeah. Wow. Because look at the women that I'm serving. So you may not have, what you think you need to have, but where there's a will, there's a way. I've gotten on planes and gone on trips to New York, meeting random strangers because they had what I needed and I wanted to go sell my drink to them. I didn't have some elaborate website. I had a vision and I had statistics and I had what was in my heart and those People in New York were crazy enough to believe in my dream to help me purchase my first safe house 10, 10 years ago. So it's a matter of you believing in yourself, using what's in your hands, thinking that I don't have it, but there's a way for me to find it. Create a network of support of women around you that will push you and not let you settle for anything less than what you are. And, you know, when you're talking, there's something that I'm hearing that I think is really important to point out. And and that is that you really did it the traditional way. Like you're going out there, you're meeting people, you're calling people. And I know today we're in a huge society of, you know, online technology, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's pros and cons, but you really can only go so far with an email or online presence and, you know, really making those energetic connections in person. What I hear from you is that you were, you know, you're getting in their face and letting them see your passion, letting them see, you know, how much you care about your vision and your dream. And which I, I believe really does make a big difference today is, you know, those are still using the traditional ways of getting out there and those that are kind of um, using the more modern ways, you know, just the online world. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've used social media to my benefit. You know, there's people, I use Twitter a lot Mm -hmm. because I just connect with a lot of people on Twitter and 
I literally, um, two years ago when we held our first senator's conference, I was out hustling for money to get, make it happen. I went back to New York. I stayed there for two days because I was wanting money from a potential donor and they would not respond to me. And I went to their office and I stayed in New York for two days. I did couch. Um, what is a couch surfing? Mm-hmm. Like I sleep on somebody's couch and didn't have to pay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I found somebody in New York that did couch surfing and I slept on their couch and I stayed there for two days. And I was like, I'm not leaving here until at least I get in their face. And I went to this person's office for two days in a row. And the lady, when I went there the first day, the lady said, well, um, he's going out of town with Huey back in the morning. I said, it's fine. I'll stay and I'll come back tomorrow. No big deal. And she said, well, I can't guarantee you'll be able to see him. I said, it's fine. I'll, I'll sit here and wait till you guys close. I don't mind waiting. I sat there for four hours. Kid you not. I sat in their office and they thought I was crazy for four hours until he saw me. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. But when I went there, he heard my voice and saw my face. And it was seven months after that. I got a check for them for $150,000. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was crazy enough to do something unthinkable that most people won't do because I believe in the women that I serve. I believe in the girls that I serve. I believe in the families that I serve. This is my life. It's not just something I do because it's a job. I'm not on paid salary. This is what I do because I was hurt. And I want to make sure there's as many less of hers that there can be out there that have a voice and they can speak up if they're being assaulted on a college campus, if they're being raped, if they're being molested, if they're being trafficked. It's my job to make sure that these statistics go down, so to speak. Was there ever a moment um, in your career, which is still flourishing, that you just maybe that you thought you hit rock bottom that you didn't think was it was going to be able to move on or progress? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Anything specifically you can I, remember? I, um, 2015, I was actually assaulted on myself on a rescue that was kind of almost like a setup. And at that moment, my whole life flashed in front of me. I'm like, okay, I have kids. I have a grandson. This is it for me. I think I posted on Facebook, you know, I said something on Facebook at the time. I said, you know, this is going to be the end of our organization. And I was done. I was just like, I I don't want to do this anymore. And I had a group of women that really just pushed me and wouldn't let me just settle. And it just seemed like over a period of time, Everything that could have went wrong after that just went wrong. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help these girls anymore. Um, And it wasn't until this little girl's father stalked me on Facebook because his daughter had gone missing. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I mean, he literally stalked me. And finally, I was just reading one of his messages. I was in Texas area at the time. He begged me and I said, okay, just send me, you know, all the information, blah, blah, blah. And he sent me everything. And I, it was at that moment when I heard this dad, like, it's just something about hearing a dad when they refer to their daughter. He's like, I just have to find her. And so at that moment, I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this. I called my assistant. Um, called two of my best friends 
you know, they kind of stayed on the phone with me the whole time. And I went looking for his daughter. He gave me what I needed. I actually called the police and got there before the police, which is usually what happens. And within an hour, I had found his daughter. Um, And it was kind of at that moment that I was just like, okay, so Tiffany, I was just like, I can't give up here. And that's when I just pushed myself to really get out of the place that I was in and not give up and not walk away and not let go. And from that moment on, our organization has just really just taken off to another level, you know? So, yeah. Wow. I'm so, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I do a lot of podcast episodes. Um, you know, we're in the hundreds and I, this is the first time that I've I really gotten goosebumps and chills with talking with somebody because the work that you're doing is so impactful. It's so important. And, um, I could hear it from you. Um, and I could hear that there really is no other intention besides serving women and really helping these young, these young girls and, and refugees, you know, both the United States and internationally. Um, I love what you're doing and I, and I'm just so, um, Thank you. I, I can't even, I'm impressed. I'm inspired with <laughs> all these things that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> so, um, we have, so we could talk for, for hours, but I'd, I'd love to jump into the power section with you and kind of hear a little okay. bit more about, you know, how you take an inspiration from you. So is there one book specifically that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? One book that I've read. So I think that book would be The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. And um, God, I love that book. I've read it so many times. It's Year of Yes, How to Dance It Out, Stand Stand in the Sun and Be Your Own Person. It's by Shonda Rhimes. Um, It was just her authenticity of the things that she had gone through um, for her um, you know, she's a amazing woman, amazing producer, um, film producer, and just reading her book for me kind of put a lot of things in perspective. Hmm. And it spoke to me during a time in my life, especially when I get a lot of no's, I get the door closed in my face, you know, right. when you get that one yes. And you feel like you're right in the moment of where you're supposed to be and just God starts speaking to you or the universe just works into your favor. And so that book has been like a constant reminder to me, you know, and I kind of, for me this year, it's like, this is my year of yes, yes, yes. And it was the yes for me, like even as she was talking in her book and how she said, you know, the yes scared her for a moment. And I've been in that place where, you know, I can get a yes and it's like, wow, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk through my fear, even in the yes. Right. Right. And so it's embracing the challenge, you know, embracing, you know, what's in front of you, embracing your yes and not your no, you know. Right. And and what's one thing, this is going to be a hard question because you've done so much great stuff, but what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're incredibly proud of? Oh, <laughs> um, one thing that I've accomplished that I'm very proud of. I think for me, um, 
God, one thing. There's a couple of things. I know. That's, that's going to be a hard um, one. <laughs> um, one thing that I've accomplished. I have one that's really personal, and it would be watching my daughter. Well, she's 19 now, but she graduated high school at 14. Wow. Um, and just watching her go after her own dreams and ambitions. And so that would be kind of like a personal one. Um, and that's okay. You can be personal. Per- yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay, I mean, cool. that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. And is there anything that you do, you know, um, maybe a daily routine or a morning routine or something that helps you get a positive rise in your life? Of course I pray every morning when I get up and just have my quiet time. And, um, before I do anything, take any calls, you know, don't answer my phone. I just take some time to be quiet and be still and hear and, you know, just take a deep breath and pause. Mm. And, um, you, you know, I always like to ask, you know, the guests before they leave, the final question is if you could say one last thing to our audience or, you know, one last thing that you could say, you know, on this world, what would it be? What's your golden nugget that you would leave us with? Don't be afraid of going after what you want. Use what's in your hands and just do it. Take the leap of faith, jump, and don't be afraid to look down and see what's below you. Don't be afraid of looking back, seeing what's behind you. Just jump and leap and go for it. And Daphne, how do we support you? How do we get in contact with you? And how do we, you know, really um, help lift you on this journey? Um, well, my email address is info at I am her My Facebook is at I am her voice. My Twitter is a little different. It's at freedom chicks and that's F R E E D O M C H I C K S. My website is IamHerVoice.org. And so those are all the ways you can contact me. Thank you so much for, for your time today. It's, it really has been an honor and very inspiration. Thank um, you. A lot of inspiration for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, that is the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us today here at the Rise Up For You podcast. Please don't forget to visit our website at www.riseupforyou.com. We have a ton of free resources just for you, webinars, articles, a ton of podcasts, toolkits, and workbooks just to help you get to the next step professionally and personally. We are empowering women globally, and we want you to live your best life. Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, anywhere there's social media, Rise Up For You is there at Rise Up For You. We look forward to having you join us next time. Rise Up For You, be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.